Gary Workham. And she's Jill Hughes. Join us for the untold stories of Shadow Gallery. Welcome back to another episode of Shadow Gallery, The Untold Stories. We're now on episode five, a continuation of our discussion around Shadow Gallery's second album, Carved in Stone, with Gary and Brent. I'm excited to hear more about their recording process and how Carved in Stone came to be. It sounds like there was never a dull moment. Welcome back to the podcast, Gary and Brent. I'm curious what each of your favorite songs are. Go ahead, Gary. What is your favorite song? I don't have one. You mean from Shadow Gallery? No, from Carved in Stone. I don't think I have one. (laughs) I I don't know. I remember during the rehearsal days, like Crystal and Dream just had magic to me. My favorite is Don't Ever Cry, Just Remember. That's my favorite, and it's not close. I think that's the best thing on that record. And, uh, just from a arrangement perspective, from you know a, the vocals, the words, the music, the melodies, the, the orchestration that Gary did <laughs> that made the song, you know, it was uh, just fantastic. Yeah, that, that was a tune that that Chris and I had written, and it was good. It was pretty good. And then Gary did what he did to it with this just amazing. Know, orchestration and it, it became something better than that something that so something bigger than it was before that you know i was there when you wrote it and i was so mad when i first heard it because we went up to a cabin in new york to write we went away as a band to write for that album because all that there was was ghost ship and cliffhanger and Crystal oh my Dream. god that's right so, how did i not think about the uncle tom's cabin there uncle tom's cabin <laughs> Tom, and that's where we finished tom's the writing cabin, yeah as a band. That's right. But we couldn't all write together, so we teamed off into different groups. And um, I had some ideas. I worked with Carl. Carl and I worked on I Believe, which we didn't even use till Tyranny. And then I was working with Mike, and you you and Chris went off in one room to write. And Mike and I had – Mike was like – I was like, Mike, what do you, what do you want to do? You, you, you decide. He's like, I got this idea. It's called Netter World. And it was like an Alice Cooper meets Iron Maiden, but it was like, you know, he would go, just play like two chords and – you know, I'll sing this part. And we worked on it for a couple hours. And I was like, uh, this is probably not going to make the record. You know, you want to keep working on this, Mike, or should we do something else? I think we could do better. He's like, no, let's work this through. And I'm thinking, you know, kind of hearing some cool stuff in the other room from Chris and Brent. And I went out and you guys finished. Don't ever cry. I just remember like, you know, 75% of the music. And I was like, Oh my God, I hate these guys. I was so mad that I, I was right there and I didn't get to write it with you. But who knows? I might have ruined it. I might have said, "Hey, try a try a pentatonic scale instead." You know, or something. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, I do recall that now. That that that. Uh, well, for some reason, I was thinking we went there for tyranny, but you're right. It was just for no, this it was one. carving stone. And uh, yeah, that was a great time. We were there for for like a week or it was like a week. Yeah, yeah I, that was. Time. I mean, how cool is that to think as a like we? You know, that's what I think bands did back then. You're like. We're all going away for a week to some place where there's no phones, no distractions, no girlfriends, and we're only bringing uh, whatever's left of Brent's gym beam and all of our studio equipment. Yeah, you know, and we would play all uh, all day, all night, or you know, until yeah. we, or if, if we had something, and even if we didn't have something, we'd sit there working on things. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and we had done that, and uh, I think I had brought a chunk of that Celtic Princess tune, and um, me and Chris were working on that for a while, and then... Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't remember what day we did Crystal and Dream. I remember Chris no, that was, was working done. on... Yeah, wasn't that done already? Because Chris was writing the guitar part. Yeah, and it was... That was done, because we rehearsed that. That's a maybe piece that's why written. I'm not thinking, associating to that to that cabin i remember chris wrote that main guitar riff though did he verse. really yeah the the one the six thing yeah yeah chris's, chris's thing um for that and uh they showed it to me i'm like oh that's great let's let's try this next but how about how about we modulate and go here and blah 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 but yeah that was uh the cabin thing was great it was fantastic and and i can't believe i didn't think about it years the cabin <laughs> you, yeah right right just I, mentioned it I, I forgot about that too i'm like yeah i'm like well how did because you, you already had the three and we also had uh our level rule the world which was supposed to be in the album demo i was on that that, but you had that written as well. That that I thought was a great song. At least musically, I loved it musically. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't real thrilled with the way it turned out, but it, it was it was it was a fun little strummy song. It was a hey, I just got a twelve string guitar. <laughs> Let's write a song with it. Yeah, but it had all that Lydian uh, that you know. Since Jill now knows all about Lydian, <laughs> that great Lydian. That's right. Um, well, pretty much the whole all the heavy stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff was that. At some point, I don't know where I don't know where we started doing it, but Chris and I, and then later with you, it was just like, we're, let's. How can we ruin the Lydian mode for every other band that comes after us? I think that's what it was. Every song had some something in there with with uh, with that particular mode, or so we're centered around it, or, or, or sure sure enough, a ton of it was. And uh, yeah. And now every time I even even if I hear some other band do something like that now I <laughs> as dumb as this might sound I'm like oh that kind of sounds like stuff we used to do yeah I'm uh, I'm not impressed by it <laughs> 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 you know but I'm sure John Williams and some of these com- movie composers are going oh, I was doing that in the seventies <laughs> yeah. he's the best that with national treasure that must be why I like Shadow Gallery music because I'm a big Star Wars fan. So that is not why that's a a sad, sick coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear, we don't get to hear Mike Baker's perspective, unfortunately on this podcast. I'd really love to hear some stories about Mike because, you know, we don't have that chance to, to get to know him on this podcast. So if you guys have any, any memories you'd like to share of working with Mike. Wow! I, I have yeah, go ahead. Tons Brian. of. I know them. that's a little heavy. Tons of but... them. I, I mean, Mike and I used to go. Yeah, it's it's, it's all good. It's uh, it, it's it's easy to talk about now. It's it's because uh, <laughs> it's a good time in my life. The uh, I used to hang out at his house all the time, like all the time. I I get home from work and, and just head straight over to to Mike's, and it was like a lot several times a week anyway and we would be playing sega genesis you know football mostly <clears throat> or, or basketball or whatever mostly it just centered around music video games and like cigars <laughs> and uh 
every fight that came on, you know, he had all the, he would watch all the fights and we'd be over for that. It, it was super fun to hang out with, right? Especially in his element, you know, very, very fun. Regard, regarding the recordings, um, you know, Carl would probably be a lot better to, to tell you the stories there because he was intimately, you know, recording Mike all the time. I, I was very rarely singing with Mike and if, unless we were doing some backups. But I know that it was probably fun because uh, he, he was a fun-loving guy. And I mean, I could, I could go on for about an hour. <laughs> talking, but I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, uh, Gary, if you want to. Do you have anything to share? You know, who's the first person I met in the band and became friends mostly with him and Chris early on? Because I was a dickhead, as my ex-girlfriends <laughs> would tell you. <laughs> no, they actually told me to say that. By the way, if you do a podcast in 20 years. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, you and I, we, we didn't write for Carbon Stone anything together, I don't think. Maybe a little piece of a of war cry or something. But No, war cry was... I, I remember writing some parts of that and, and you would write a chunk and no, I wrote small pieces, but, but I'm saying, but like you and I didn't really sit down and we didn't formulate a good writing uh, partnership, I think till room five. And then it was, well, we were all that we had. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. it was- <laughs> That's right. Hey, uh, I guess, uh, Hey, you want to, you want to make a record? All right. <laughs> that, I can't wait to talk about that record. Cause that, that was really fun writing that. Um, oh yeah. That was great. But uh, no, it was Mike was great. He he um he lived to sing and he and he loved it. He loved singing and uh, he he had a work ethic. And I wasn't really recording him um, engineering it in those days in Carbon Stone. It wasn't until midway through Tyranny that he and I started working like a lot of hours. But Carl did all that, all the early Mike stuff. Um, but he had a work ethic. I mean, if I'm going to just look forward to a couple of years doing like some tribute albums and stuff and, you know, you could say, oh, let's, let's try it again, Mike. And he, he would never go, Oh, come on, man. That was good enough. He'd be, he would just do it as many times as it took, you know? Um, That's true. He was yeah. a trooper. He didn't complain. He would pro. just sing 10, 10 straight hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a pro and very funny. I'm sad. I never got to meet him. Gary, you should dig up some of your, uh, some of your funny <laughs> off stuff that you had recorded uh, with, with fakes on some of these takes that, that didn't make it. So if, I remember. Yeah, I got to see, I got to see what I have. I'd always make him a funny mix. You know, I know he, that's what I'm talking about. Cause those used to be so funny. He would play them for me. <laughs> in this house. <laughs> so he wouldn't even know, like I would start, he'd like, Hey, make me a mix of that. And like, even though I was going to see him the next day to record more of the same song, I'd be like, yeah, okay, no problem. Then you know, I'd say, let me let me just dial in a little bit better of a mix and a reverb here. And I'd start it off. He'd listen and he'd go out and have a cigarette. And as soon as he'd leave, I would crank up the reverb to like a hundred, and then I would start doing all like just detuning plug, you know, plugins, <laughs> but like everything I could to his voice. I'd pan it all the way to one side and I'd take everything out but the snare drum and his voice, you know. Oh, and I'd be God. like hitting mute. So instead of him going, ah, it'd be, ah, 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 you know. And, <laughs> And <laughs> that's why they were so funny and he would have no idea till he'd get home and like i'd get a call the next day he's like all right okay Very funny can uh, you make me a real mix tonight i'm like what are you talking about oh <laughs> uh, that's hilarious yeah jill they were very funny you, you bet you're bound to have some of those somewhere you that you dump down <laughs> one of the things i have is the song eclipse that we did for the uh, pink floyd dark side of the moon tribute 
Uh, I remember that was definitely one that I sent home with him, and he had to hear it like this. I know, this was just terrible, but we were always making each other laugh, especially after long days of work. This just kept it fun and fresh every day. Well, I'd like to say that, uh, that that's a very important time in my life. Yeah, they, that, 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 well, I, I'll, I'll start over. That was, a, that was an important... In... <laughs> no, Brent, that's enough. <laughs> it was an important time in all of our lives, but especially in mine, it was, a, it was, a, it was good to go, hey, you know what? We can we can do this, right? We're 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 good at this thing. Let's see where this goes. And and uh, it was a lot of fun. It, and it gave it gave uh, I think it gave everybody a good purpose, especially when we started on the next record, which is uh, you're going to need two podcasts for Tyranny, at least. Well, yeah, this yeah. will be two as well. But I think it's kind of funny to see, you know, you guys are here thirty years later. Did you ever think you'd still be? Together 30 years later? Alive? <laughs> Alive? <laughs> I didn't think I'd make it to my 30s. So, I was going to say yeah. the same thing. I was thinking, you know, halfway through the Tyranny album, I was like, well, this is probably it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> Put a bow on it. It's almost done. No, it was a tough time. It was a fun time. So that's, that's what I remember. Well, awesome. Yeah. Are we going to uh, do a second part of this and for the rest of the stories or, or just leave it at that? <laughs> no, I think we got enough. I mean, there's more we can talk about. Yeah, what else? Okay. I mean, do you have That's anything good. else? Um, what we got when Chris came back? <laughs> yeah, Chris came back. Yeah, let's talk about that. Talk yeah, about, well, Chris, you say Chris left the band, but but uh, but he's on the album, right? So he's, on the, he's in the pictures. Yeah, so like, let, hold on. Let me ask that. So, um, ask us a question. Ask us a question. Yeah, I'm gonna ask. Let me ask about yeah. that. So, you guys were talking about how Chris left the band. He left you a note, right? And he's like, "See ya, peace out." And then, but on the album, he's written in as part of the lineup. So, was that it, or did he come back and record some stuff later? Yeah, pretty much that. Once uh, once Chris came back, um, it was right around the time that we were getting ready to do the photo shoot and kind of finalize the album. Oh, it was and, done and mixed. He, he didn't yeah. record anymore. No. Yeah, he didn't record it anymore, but we had his recordings that we used. And so, yeah, we, we said, well, hey, do you have a black shirt? <laughs> Come on over. We're going to do these. We're going to do We're doing our pictures. Make sure you comb your hair, you know. And uh, anyway, we that, that's that's. That's kind of how that turned out. And then, you know, luckily, but right, you know, relatively after that, we started working on Tyranny. And, and that's when Chris and I and, and Gary all kind of started working on new music. And there you have it. I, I, don't, I don't think it was a, a real smooth time, if I may speak on your behalf, when Chris returned, because uh, I think you were still 
maybe a little mad at him for leaving. Oh yeah, I was upset, but you know, I was also twenty four, <laughs> so I'm it, like. It, the reason I say that is because I remember the photo shoot pretty vividly and Chris was there and it was great to see him. And but anytime he'd say something in your direction, you would say something like Havak Suba Baka and you'd storm <laughs> off. <laughs> and like you would talk it in this like Indian tongue and it was always the same thing. You were like, go to hell, motherfucker. I was, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was not happy with him. I was <laughs> upset. And, you know, I, I, we, we kind of worked that out, you know over time and then of course it became just like it was before before he left where we were just hanging out and drinking beer and playing video games until four in the morning every night but i'm glad he came back for for the photos but yeah i i I am too but yeah you're you're right you're you're remembering this way better than me i i probably mashed that stuff out of my brain uh yeah i was not i was not i was kind of i was a jerk i mean no you talk to him just not in english that's i I remember yeah that. that was I, I was, <laughs> I was speaking in in Sioux. Yeah, some angry it things. It was right, wasn't it? Like some sort of Texan was, Indian uh, nah, curse. It was like Lakota language. I was pretty upset, and that that's what I would do, just because I didn't really want to say these bad things to him, but I did. <laughs> I love the guy. You know what I mean? I still do. I I, I love Chris. You know, I was just upset. But like the you know the photographer. John Sterling Ruth, I think, did some of them. And then, like, his, like, one of the guys, the extras, holding the lights and doing all the stuff for the photo shoot was like, it's like so where, what, what country is your the guitar player from? Because <laughs> he's, he's just hearing you speak in this Indian tone. For... <laughs> it's like, no, 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 he's, he's American. He's like a normal, you know, he's, he's, from, he's from Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not from Pennsylvania if you hear his accent. I am a... Uh... Texan from America. Well, but you know, it was a, uh, it was, fun, it was a fun, fun making that record. Like you said, fun times, and um, you know, w- I thought it was hard, but that was before we started <laughs> the next record. So you're about to get a lot of perspective. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And there's some cool stories that happened after that album came out. And so- yeah, we we we, sh- we should probably we should touch on the on the on all, on all the uh, the tribute albums because gosh, man, there's some funny stories with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's something to look forward to. For the so, join us again. Yeah, there could be some other episodes. And I think it's time for some questions from our loyal listeners. Thank you. Questions and answers. This question is from Garrick Ship. Why is the ripping bass solo in the fade out of Crystalline Dream not more prominently featured? And what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, definitely a question for Carl. Well, uh, the reality of the bass solo at the end of Crystalline Dream was um, that I, I, I didn't mix it and EQ it so it was prominently featured. Um, now, not necessarily by design, it was just how it worked out. Um, was not intended to be uh, like a lead bass part deserved of a uh, over-the-mix prominence. However, um, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very proud of it. It's just that uh, in the context of, uh, you know, the old-school album fade-out fandom ship where, you know, in some of my favorite records, you know, there's always this stuff that's going on 
in the in the fade out um, on certain songs and I always like that um, think like, like I really love like what Chris Singles did piano wise on the fade out of Christmas Day you know um, those little lead kind of piano thingies he was doing so the motivation was simply I liked from the album era you know little things on fade outs and that was that was the motivation for it but it was never really intended to be some big prominent bass solo so questions and answers wait we already played that sound bite just get, get to the next question jill please and thank you this question is from vincent rivera gonsalves are there demos or unused songs from the early days that the public has not heard to this day so yes um absolutely when we were recording our first cd there were there were a couple of songs um very good not worthy of going on the cd but still very very good different than you know what i would think we wanted to define ourselves as uh in terms of what we put on the sold product but stuff that uh i was personally very proud of and one day would really like to be able to put that out somehow so you know any of our fans of that really really early stuff could get their hands on and, and listen to because I think they'd really like it a lot in addition to that when Sorcerer was kind of towards the end of our end of our run with Ron Evans on guitar um, we had done some recordings where the recordings are not good however the performances and the songwriting were amazing. Um, my all-time favorite Mike Baker song uh, from a vocal standpoint uh, is called Eyes in the Night. Um, and I, I think it's m so magical in its uh, construction uh, and the performances. And Mike's singing on that song, without question, rivals Jeff Tate on Rage for Order. He's flat out incredible, just He's beyond incredible. It just gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. 500 years later, it still gives me goosebumps. Um, and there's a bunch of Sorcerer stuff that was that was really strong. And it's unfortunate, you know, I was, I was just a kid with a little four-track cassette deck. And, and, and we had no mics. We just set mics up in the room. And, you know, uh, we were doing multi-track stuff, but it was just four channels. And we'd bounce it down. And, you know, the sonic quality was just not good. Uh, but the songs, the songs were... Great. And uh, I don't know, maybe someday we just release that for free, give it out so people can hear, you know, especially if you're a Mike Baker fan um, and you're not hearing some of that stuff with him in Sorcerer, you're really missing him in his, you know, most devastating prime. Uh, so certainly worth a listen if you can see past really not good recordings. Yeah, good stuff. Um, very different, but I remember hearing that stuff with Mike on it, and he's, uh, boy, he, he had some pipes then for sure. And uh, great to hear Carl's perspective on that because, you know, he was the one there with him. Yeah, and thanks for coming on, Brent, and joining us again. Always fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks uh, thanks to the fans for listening and, and, and to you, Jill, for helping us uh, with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I, I won't say it better. Suck it up by saying that. 
Yeah, Gary's an asshole. <laughs> Let me say, I want to thank the fans and Jill. I withdraw my thanks to Jill. <laughs> You're fired. All right, I'll see y'all later. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to Shadow Gallery, The Untold Stories. Although we've concluded the stories about the album Carved in Stone for now, doesn't mean we won't revisit again later. Next episode, we're going to move on to hearing stories about their third album, Tyranny. If you have any questions for the band, please do not hesitate to write us at shadowgallerypodcast at gmail.com, and one of your questions may get featured on a future episode. And if you would like to financially support the band to help with the production and hosting of this podcast, as well as their future projects, we're using the donation service buymeacoffee.com, and a link is in the podcast description. Thank you, everyone, and happy holidays.